Hi, this is Pastor Tim, and I'm always encouraged to hear what God is doing in your life. Now, if you have a story or a testimony to share regarding a miracle, please let me know at story at citylifefw.org. That's story at citylifefw.org. Hey, I'm looking forward to hearing your personal story soon. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Hey guys, while you are uh, giving your offerings right now, I just want to say welcome to Easter Sunday Church. Yeah, you know, this is the most important day in my faith, in Christian faith. And the reason is because on this day, nearly two thousand years ago, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, rose from the grave and it literally changed everything for us. You see, what the resurrection means is that no matter how low you've fallen, no matter how dark your past, no matter, no matter even how dead you may feel today, you can be alive and you can live like you've never known it. And that's the message of Easter, the resurrection. Resurrection of Jesus, it's, it's, uh, it, it simply means that you don't have to live in your grave of shame and despair anymore, but you can be alive. It means that, that Jesus, because he left his grave behind, that you can leave your graves behind as well. And <laughs> that's good stuff. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and get to see some notes out. or write a few things down this morning. If you have a Bible, Bible app, open it up to the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 1. While you're getting that set up and ready to go, I'll read it in just a few minutes. I uh, just want to say that, you know, God's an amazing creator. Uh, you, just, you just can't help but miss the beauty of creation. Uh, but, but, you know, kinda, it's interesting because when you consider creation itself, uh, you can't help but worship God, understanding that he's the one who made it all. You, you know that just five days before Jesus was crucified, he made this statement. He said, if, these, if the people are silent and not worshiping God, he said, the rocks and the stones will literally cry out and worship God. Now, that's pretty amazing. You see, that's why we're a singing church. You know, I'm, I'm not going to let, uh, we're not going to let the rocks and the stones show us up. We're a singing church. That's why we even as a church, we have worship up front in our service uh, because, you know, we, we're just, we're compelled to worship God and it comes from the inside because we love what he's done in us. And what's amazing is Jesus actually loved you and he pursued you before you even had the opportunity to worship him. See, he did it on the cross, which is what we celebrate this weekend. He, he died so that you can live. And, and every living, breathing soul, I mean, all eight billion of us, were all precious souls individually that Jesus died to save. That's the vastness and the beauty of God. So when Jesus came back to life and he left the grave behind, on this Easter Sunday, he made it actually possible for you and me to live and to live life to its fullest like never before. And I'm telling you guys, it's an amazing God we serve, and I want to honor that amazing God today. He's a powerful um, life breather into all creation, including me and you. 
Jesus gladly left the grave behind him. And he gladly chose to surrender on the cross. He gave his life to love you. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And through his resurrection, Jesus leaves no one behind. That resurrection morning must have been amazing. Matthew chapter 28 describes what happens there. I want you to follow along in your Bibles. It says that after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, though, for, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they, they shook and they became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. <laughs> He's not here. That's the good news. He has risen just as he said. He said, come, see the place where he lay. And then quickly, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee and there you're going to see him. And then the angel wraps it up and said, now I've told you. These ladies then did what the angel said, and in their amazement, they, they couldn't believe it. And they went to become the first preachers of Jesus' resurrection. And do you realize the story of the resurrection has been repeated over and over and over more than any other story in the history of the world? I love Easter. You know, when I was a kid, I, I, I just had this huge fascination about Easter Sunday. Uh, mom, would, mom would always get these, like, brightly colored, happy new clothes. We always have new clothes at Easter, and, and uh, I don't practice that anymore, but, but we, we used to do it back then. And, and uh, in fact, I even got in trouble today. Someone says, you didn't, you know, you wore anything pastel. And I said, my wife picked this out for me, you know, so, so it just, oh, this works. But... She would always have these brightly colored clothes for me, and, and I loved it. You know, it was back in the days of, of polyester, double knit. Any of you guys remember that? I mean, it really is like nothing wrinkled. Uh, it, was, it was so amazing. We, were, we didn't know it. We were just like wearing plastic. But, but you know, that was, what a day that was. When I was about seven, um, I asked mom, I said, why, why do you get us new clothes for Easter? Because I wanted to figure this out. It's like, you know, why do we do this? Well, she said, well, it's because Jesus rose from the grave and, and he came to clothe us with new life and so we wear new clothes. And I went like, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, everything's like, well, if, if mom thinks it's a good idea, then, then it's, it's a good idea. It sounds good to me. But, but I still remember laying out those clothes. I, I have the vivid memories of the different outfits that I had laid out in my bedroom uh, on the night before Easter. And, and, it, and I would take my bath, and, you know, we'd have to fight over the bathroom with me and all my brothers. And, 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 but I would get my bath taken, and so, that, so on Sunday morning, I would just jump straight out of bed, and I would jump into my clothes and be looking good. I wasn't going to leave my room until I was looking spiffy. And then I went out and into 
the, the living room and, and into the kitchen where mom would be making breakfast. And just like every year, there'd be an Easter basket there with some Easter candy in it. And she'd say, look, the Easter bunny came last night. I don't know how the Easter bunny comes at night, but it did. Kind of like Santa, uh, whatever. But, but the Easter bunny came like, yeah, so we would celebrate that. We, we didn't have the Easter bunny in church, though, because, because in, in my dad's church, he, they, they didn't want to get anybody to get confused to think that the, that, that the Easter, that Easter is about the Easter bunny. So we didn't, he wasn't allowed in church, but you know, times have changed. But, but still, it was such a, such a fun thing. So we would do all of that at home. And, and then I couldn't wait to get to church because I knew really what we were celebrating. We were celebrating the biggest day of our faith. And it was always a fun day. And um, I still get excited about Easter church. It just, it just never goes away. And this Easter Sunday, I want to give you some good news. And the good news is this, is that Jesus is not in the grave. Jesus is alive. In fact, that's great news. Do you realize that every other religion boasts about a God that is in a tomb where their bones are enshrined? Or they worship a, 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 a God that, that's, that's a statue of gold or silver or, or, or stone or wood. And, 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 and you know, I just, I just have to ask a good question here. You know, it's like, why are you worshiping that God that's, that's, that's dead? I mean, if your God isn't powerful enough to be alive and rise from the dead, then how can that God do any good thing for you, you know? That's a, just a, that's a question to ponder. And... The good news is, though, is that my God, Jesus, is alive. And he's present and he's active to infuse you with life today. In fact, Jesus, he even said it himself. He said this in Luke chapter 20, verse 38. He said, he is not the God of the dead, <laughs> but of the living. And to him all are alive. And that's what I enjoy today. I enjoy the life of God the tomb Jesus was put into was a literal, physical tomb, and we know that, and we just read the story of that. But, but the truth is, is that way too many people are walking around in life, but they're really in these personal graves of despair and darkness. Um, they're in tombs of self-hatred, tombs of addiction, they're in graves of guilt and shame and condemnation. They're in tombs of rejection and offense and hatred. And, and, but, but I want you to understand this. The resurrection of Jesus means you don't have to keep living in that grave. You don't have to hide in the darkness covering what you secretly did that nobody knows about. So you can actually be jolted out of your death spiral and you can have a new life, and that fear can be dissolved. Today, I just want to declare this, that because Jesus rose from the dead, you are not in the grave. You are alive. But, but here's the deal. You actually have to choose to receive it or not. You have to choose to walk out of the grave or not. But the grave's open. You don't have to stay there. Jesus died and rose again because he loves you. You know, the message of our church, the primary message of this church is this, is that you are loved so Preston was sharing just a little bit earlier. And the truth is, I believe this, that even if you were the only person in the world, I believe Jesus would have died for you. He loves you, 
more than you can imagine, and hear me well, his love for you is unconditional, it's wholehearted, and it's continual. You say, I can't believe that. Well, we have to. And if you believe this, it will completely change your life. That's why I believe it. In fact, Jesus even said this. He, he said, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he threw it back out to his followers. He says, do you believe this? And even as he asked them, it's like that question is reverberating to us. Like, do you believe it? Do we believe it? Do you really know what you believe? Do you realize that you were made in God's image to live forever? Can you comprehend that? It's only because of the introduction of sin into this world through the Garden of Eden that, that our bodies die physically, but we are made to live forever. You are created in the image of God himself. You're, I mean, you're, you're amazing. I mean, human beings are capable of immense creativity. You saw even during that song, the creativity of God. That's because God is creative, so we are creative. We see it all around us popping in our society. Yet at the same time, human beings are capable of some horrible things. Last week, I read the book Night by Ellie Weasel. And it's a story of a teenage boy and his experiences uh, during the Holocaust and various concentration camps and the atrocities that the Nazis committed against millions of innocent people. And, and, and in all honesty, that, that book just riveted me. <laughs> First of all, it made me think, why would I complain about anything in life? But just to look at what they did and to know what they did and be reminded of what happened, it's, it's difficult to comprehend that that happened really in this modern society. And you can think bad of them, but the truth is we've all done bad stuff. Uh, we hurt people whom we deeply love, don't we? In fact, the Bible even says everybody has sinned. And here's the truth. Sin brings with it a death sentence, which is a grave and, and a tomb. And, and, uh, and it's not just physically, but it's emotionally. It's a relational grave. It's a spiritual tomb. But your sin can be dissolved in an instant. In fact, because Jesus rose from the grave, you can be delivered from your dark tomb that you're, that you're existing in right now. And here's the word of faith. Here's the message of faith right here. It's, it's that you are not in the grave. You are alive, and you can have it. It's yours for the taking. Yet... <laughs> It's our natural inclination to just mess things up. You know, you realize that it is. We, we break things um, like promises, um, relationships, even our own well-being. And we put ourselves into that dark grave. And, and then we, we oftentimes keep ourselves there because we can't forgive the people who hurt us. We can't even forget ourselves or even receive forgiveness from Jesus. Yet at the same time, we stay locked in those, in those prisons, in those, those graves, and, and, and we compare ourselves and say, well, at least I'm not a Nazi. I'm not that bad. And we rationalize and say, you know, everybody does this, or everybody does that, and why, why does it matter? But the truth is that sin impacts us with darkness, and it pollutes our lives. We pollute our own lives with sin. 
And it, and it poisons our relationships with other people. That's why Jesus said anyone who sins is actually a slave to sin. That's why we have all types of slavery in this world that's not necessarily people enslaving other people, but we're enslaved to our own anger, addicted to anger, addicted to chemicals, addicted to violence. And, and the things we do wrong what it actually does is it releases death into so many different areas of our lives. But Jesus came to restore life, and that's what this is all about. He took our place in judgment for our sin, and he died, and he accepted, he willingly accepted the grave, and he took it in our place so we don't have to live there. Now, here's the cool thing. Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul says this. This is the greatest missionary of the ancient world. He said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, See, when you receive Christ, when you receive Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ goes inside of you. He lives in you, all right? So if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body's life because of his Spirit who lives in you. So the Spirit of God actually gives us life and walks us out of our tombs. Jesus is life. That's why I say Jesus is life to the full. You don't have to live in that grave of guilt anymore. Hey, no more feeling bad for what you've done. The grave of, of, of shame that you've grown accustomed to, that, that's even become your friend, it's not going to be your home anymore. It's time to stop feeling bad about who you are. That tomb of condemnation, leave it in your past. You don't have to feel bad about a low position anymore because Jesus walked out of that tomb and now you can walk out of yours as well because his spirit is in us and he delivers us from all of that darkness and all of that death. And because of Jesus and because Jesus is alive and his life is in us, then therefore you're not in the grave, you're alive. And that's, big, that's a big, big good news for us right now. Uh, you know, many of you are even suffering right now. You're going through some pain. And you're suffering. But I'm going to tell you, one day there's going to be no more suffering, no more pain. And the resurrection was not some type of a reversal of the defeat on the cross. That really wasn't what it was. It was really the manifestation of the victory because Jesus chose both. What it means is that all the bad stuff in your life and even in this world does not have the final word. Do you hear me? That's what it means when Jesus came out of that tomb. Um, you might be experiencing some dark, difficult times, uh, possibly in sorrow because of a lost relationship. Maybe you're reeling from a financial disaster. Possibly you're lonely and isolated and you won't let anyone come in close. Maybe you're overwhelmed with self-doubt because your past failures just keep screaming out at you and you're addicted and you're unable to break the cycle. But evil will not have the last word. Evil was defeated on the cross. And through the cross, this barrier between us and God was removed. I want you to get this. God in human flesh was crucified on that cross. See, Jesus wasn't like some third party who was there being punished. I mean, that would actually be quite barbaric and pathetic. No, God was in Christ dying 
for you and me. That, that's, that's huge. I can't even really comprehend it. And because of the cross, because of what happened there, and because he rose from the grave, you can have a close and intimate relationship with God the way it was intended to be from the very beginning of time. That's what God wants for you. Jesus paid this awesome price for every fault of yours on the cross. And he rose again, even defeating death and the grave as well. And the power of, of sin is broken through the cross. You, your, your dark graves of despair and, 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 and pain, they're actually broken through the cross. You are set free already. Once you've experienced God's forgiveness, then what you have to do is you move on then to, to go ahead and forgive yourself and forgive others. You know, sometimes this is actually harder than receiving God's own forgiveness uh, is forgiving ourselves, you know. But it's critical for you if you're going to walk out of your dark grave because not forgiving yourself is kind of like setting yourself up as a court that is actually higher than God. <laughs> and you don't want to do that. We have to forgive ourselves. God forgives us, now you need to forgive yourself. And today you can. And then forgiveness, the beauty of it is then we get to forgive others. I say we get to forgive others. Why? Because you've been forgiven of so much. Because God, listen, he now holds nothing against you. So neither can you hold grudge against someone. Do you realize that holding unforgiveness in your heart is much more detrimental to you than the person that you despise? You know, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person is going to die. <laughs> but when we forgive like Jesus forgave, he gives us the example, the way to do it. Then, here's what happens. Healing and warmth and love begins to overtake your heart it really does work that way. See, this is how relationships are mended. It's through forgiving. This is how your future relationships will be healthy. It's through forgiving. And the truth is, is that forgiveness, I mean, it, it always sounds like a great idea uh, until then all of a sudden you realize you have to forgive someone else and it isn't that easy. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, that happens to us all the time. But the, really, the first to apologize and to forgive is actually the one who's the strongest and the happiest. Wouldn't you want that one to be you? A few years ago, I was with Rebecca, and we were in the Netherlands with a missionary friend of ours, and he said, hey, I want to take you over to tour the home of Corey Ten Boom, a Nazi Holocaust survivor. And uh, he set it up, and we went there with some of our friends and and uh, the story of Corey Ten Boom, I'd, I'd heard for years, but really, it became real when you're walking through her house. Um, you see, she was a Christian teenage girl, part of a Christian family, who helped hide Jews during World War II. They even built false walls in their, in their house, and, 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 and they, they hid the Jews in there. And this was successful for, for years until they were found out. And, and as a result of them being found out, she and her family were sent to a concentration camp. And there, Corey Ten Boom suffered unspeakable cruelties. Amazingly, Corey survived the Holocaust, and she went on to preach the gospel. 
But one day, after ministering and preaching at a church in Berlin, something profoundly powerful happened to her. And I want you to hear the story from her own lips. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel aufseers, guards, in the concentration, concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian. I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. You know what uh, Corey said to that guard who's responsible for the death of her own sister? She told that guard, I can't forgive, but Jesus in me can forgive. You know, sometimes what you've been through, and I, I, I can almost guarantee you've not been through what she's been through. What your own pain, you don't even know how you can forgive. But it's not you, it's actually Jesus in you. And when Jesus is in you, the love of God is in you, you can forgive. And like Corey, Jesus says this, this, this huge tidal wave of warmth and love just came over her like she'd never felt before. I'm telling you guys, this 
attitude of total forgiveness, that's what transforms marriages. That's what transforms relationships. You want life, you forgive, and then life will surge back in. I love it because on the cross, Jesus refused to hold a grudge against anyone. He refused to hold a grudge against those who had betrayed him, who had deserted him. He wouldn't hold a grudge against those who lied about him and those who tortured him and those who murdered him. Jesus hanging naked on that cross, he said these words. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, it's your choice. Jesus forgave. He forgives you also. Now let the Jesus in you forgive others. That's how you can walk out of your grave of self-pity and despair. See, the thing is, you've already been set free. So what I'm challenging you to do is just, just get up and walk out of your grave and let him forgive through you and continue to forgive through you. You want to know how to live? My friend, that's how to live. And it's time to live. And one of the best known scriptures in the Bible is John 3, 16. I love it. And it says this. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Whoever. And it's the love of God that heals. You see that? I like that scripture. I love that scripture. It was one of the first ones I really memorized as a kid. But that scripture becomes more real when you take this, the, the, the verse and, and then you personalize it for you yourself. Right, I've, I've done that for you. I put it up here on the screens and I want you to look at it. I want you to look at it. And I want you to read it out loud with me. And, and, and I want you to speak these words because even these words as you speak them can be totally liberating to you when you begin to say the, the truth that God loves you personally. I did this the other day. I, was, I, I, I said this, this out loud to myself, and I just felt this warmth come over me. I mean, just there in my office. I'm like, oh, wow. I love this. It's so true, and it's so real. Come on, will you, will you just read it out loud with me? Come on, just say it. Let it come out of your mouth. For God so loved me that he gave me his one and only son, that when I believe in him, I shall not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. That is what Jesus has done for you. That is love, and that is forgiveness, and that, my friend, is release from every grave you find yourself in. Friend, because of what Jesus did, you are not in the grave. You are alive. I said, you're not in the grave. You're alive. Hey, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Will you receive it? I want there to be no movement, please, in this room at all for the next couple of minutes. And I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and focus internally for just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you have never surrendered your life completely to Jesus. 
possibly you're here and you've drifted from relationship with God and, and, and you want to really know this Jesus and the love of God that I'm talking about here today. See, we're a Jesus-focused church. We're focused on that man, Jesus, that God-man who rose from the grave to give us so much life. And maybe you're here today and say, now, you know, it's time for me to have that new beginning you're talking about, Pastor. It's time for me to walk out of that grave. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And the way you'll do that is just one, this is very simple. You'll lift your hand. Because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. You hear me well, Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. And he died for you so that you can have life and life to the full and everything in your life can change today. If you want to be included in this closing prayer and to pray with me, this surrender of your life to Jesus Christ and walk out of that grave, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand at the count of three to pray that prayer. Come on, when I count to three, lift your hand and say, that's me, I'm ready to take this step today. One, two, three. Lift your hand so that I can see it. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? You can put your hands down. Who else? Who else? Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to look at me. If you lifted your hand, I want you along with everyone else in this room to pray a prayer with me. Just like what the scripture says, declaring with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Receive the love of God. I want you all to stand. Let's all stand in honor of God right now, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Those of you who lifted your hand, pray this from the bottom of your heart. Congregation, pray it together with everyone who's praying this as well. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive my sin. It's time for me to live. So I accept your love. I give up my past, and I embrace your future that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that... Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can keep in touch with what is coming this season through social media and our City Life app. And Sunday, our favorite day of the week is on its way. We hope to see you at City Life.